0: If you're up right now listening to this, I'm just going to take a guess and say that you are somewhat of a morning person. I mean, absolutely no doubt that is what I am. My peak performance hours are from right now until about two in the afternoon. And after that, it is a steady descent downhill. I am no good to anybody after about six o'clock in the evening. I've always kind of been like this, even before I worked these hours, never really liked late evenings or nighttime. I'm just so much better at getting up early and tackling things. So I know my type. Understanding yours though, and tailoring your life around it could make a big difference as we're going to learn about right now with Dr. Cindy May, professor of psychology at the College of Charleston. Thank you so much for joining us
1: good morning thank you so much for having me do we
0: all have an internal kind of biological clock
1: we do all have an internal biological clock and that clock drives a number of physiological processes like body temperature heart rate and blood pressure turns out that those physiological changes also affect our cognitive functioning but what's interesting is that although we all have an internal clock that clock and its pattern over the day differs across individuals. So some people like you are morning types. They wake up, sometimes even without an alarm, they're ready to take on the day immediately when they wake up. Yes, and Dr. that is me. <laughs> <laughs> but other people uh, are not like that at all. They wake up feeling foggy. They don't wanna get out of bed. Maybe they hit the snooze button a number of times and they don't hit their stride until much later in the day. Those folks would be considered evening types And then there are also people who fall somewhere in between who don't bounce right out of bed, but also are not ready to go to the fitness center at 11 p.m. at night and do their workout then. And those people would be called neutral types. Okay. So is it possible to change your type? What's interesting is that there are strong biological influences, but these kind of tend to change over the lifespan. So you are a little bit atypical if you've considered yourself to have always been a morning type person. Most young kids are pretty morning type. And if you're a parent, you know this, your kids are waking up early, even on Saturdays and Sundays, there's not much opportunity to sleep in. But as we approach puberty, many people feel a strong shift towards eveningness. And this is where those high schoolers and college students are staying up late at night. They have trouble getting out of bed in the morning. And that shift is pretty strong. Um, Even for those who don't shift entirely to evening type, they're more evening than they are morning. And then gradually over the lifespan, we tend to shift back towards morningness. Mm -hmm. So by by the time people reach age 60 or so, about 75% of people age 60 and above are morning types, and the rest tend to be neutral types. There are very few, maybe 3 or 4% of people in late adulthood who are evening type people, true evening type people. Huh.
0: Okay, I, I can see how this corresponded with my, my cycle as well. Especially having kids, that really changes
1: your waking hours and you kind of get used to it. It does drive, so there are environmental forces that can have an impact, but those environmental forces can't always override people's natural tendencies. For example, we've looked at young adults who are in the military. These are people who must get up early and must perform early. And while these individuals may report um, that they will perform well early in the morning, If you ask them, okay, let's imagine that you are free to set your schedule, when would you get up and when would you go to bed? If you're a really young adult in the military and you could set your own schedule, you tend to prefer later times. Right. So it's an interplay between the environment and your biological drive.
0: So should we adapt our life to that so that we perform at our best?
1: That's an excellent question. And what I would say is that it depends. First of all, it depends on whether or not you feel that you're really strongly a morning type or an evening type. If you are, if you're either one of these, then the answer would be yes. And you should do so for your most challenging tasks. So it's not really going to matter if you're making your favorite recipe or you're dialing a well-known phone number. The time of day at which you perform that task is not going to matter much. But if you're a strong morning type or a strong evening type, then you're going to learn better. You're going to attend better. You'll be more analytical, able to tackle challenging tasks like making investment choices or learning new information if you're operating at your peak time of day.
0: So it would really behoove you then or anybody to try to figure out, well, when is my best time of day and kind of work around that?
1: It would. And in fact, most people have some intuitive sense, whether they're a morning type person or an evening type person. But you can um, take sort of the official quiz, if you will. If you go online, if you simply, simply Google morningness, eveningness questionnaire, there was a questionnaire developed in the 1970s and it's just 20 simple questions. And the questions ask things like, what time do you prefer to get up in the morning? Do you rely on an alarm clock? If you had to exercise at 7 a.m., how would you do? If you had to perform intellectually at 11 p.m., how would you do? You can take that online quiz and it'll tell you what kind of person uh, that you are. But I think many of us have that intuitive sense. We know. If we're not good after eight p.m. at night, if we're ready for our pajamas at nine p.m. or we know (laughs) nine p.m. Are you kidding me? So late for pajamas, (laughs) right? Well, you're up very, very early. So (laughs) most of us have that intuitive sense of what we are, but we don't always structure our days so that we're doing the most difficult things in our peak window.
0: Right. I, what I found interesting about this as well is that we know for students, we've heard this for a long time, right? That especially for high school students that we're forcing them to get up early and they're not at their best at that hour. But interesting that if, you've, if you're if you trying to diagnose someone with
1: cognitive disorders, time of day should also play into that? Absolutely positively. So many of the neuropsychological assessments that are done um, are – include basic functions like memory, attention, executive function, susceptibility to distraction. And we know that these basic intellectual functions are impacted by synchrony, and that is synchronizing your peak time, uh, your circadian peak with the time at which you're performing. Some neuropsychological assessments rely on what I'll call time one and time two assessment. So for example, if you're examining Alzheimer's disease, people are looking at a decline over time. And if I test you initially at your bad time of day, and then six months later at your good time of day, I might miss a decline that's actually there. And if we're looking at attention deficit disorder for students, then you are either going to exaggerate someone's deficits if you test them at their bad time of day, Or you might miss um, some of those deficits or underestimate them at their good time. So for students who have to get up early and function in school early, uh, particularly high school students who tend to be evening types, this can really be a difficult situation for them. Right. And this
0: is the research that you work on, right, where people perform better on these complex mental tasks depending on
1: what type of person they are. It is. It is. And we find that particularly for those who have the strong uh, chronotypes, that it can be a pretty significant difference. And by significant, I mean it can be as much as a 10 percent difference on a memory test. And if you think about 10 percent for students, that's a grade level right? So that's the difference between a B versus a C or an A versus a B. And people have examined this for IQ tests and found a six point difference on IQ tests for adolescents, testing them at peak versus off peak times. And if you are a student who's really struggling, who may have a learning disability or an intellectual disability, six points on an IQ test could mean the difference between qualifying for intervention and accommodations or not.
0: So it, we really do need to figure this out. And I guess parents should think about that too when they're working with their kids on how to you know, make the best of their time.
1: Absolutely. And one struggle for parents, parents, especially young parents, um, may still tend towards eveningness while their kids yes. are really morning type, yes. And that can make a pretty strong mismatch. What's ironic is that as parents age, they tend to shift towards morningness while their children are shifting towards eveningness, right? So So true. uh, Yeah, and that can create frustrations in homes when kids are sleeping late. Parents may think of their kids as lazy or um, uh, lacking ambition, but kids are really just following their natural circadian rhythm if they are teenagers and they are preferring to stay up later and, and wake up later. All right. Well, this is something for
0: parents to talk about, I think, at home today. Uh, Dr. May, thank you so much for your time.
1: Absolutely. It was my pleasure.
0: That's Dr. Cindy May, a professor of psychology at the College of Charleston. By the way, that quiz that she was talking about, just Google it, morningness, eveningness questionnaire, and you can find out uh, what kind of rhythm you should be in, essentially.